0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our little green pasture. Yes, I'm back again for some good manna to give away. Freely I've received, therefore I freely give. Amen. I pray that is that way with you because everything you're receiving from the Lord is not yours to keep. There has to be an eternal stream and an outflow from your life. So before I get started, I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite the presence of the Lord. He's already here. You know, he's everywhere. He's with us right now. But really, I should rather say I want to honor his presence. How's that? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for yet another day. Lord, that we can all gather together because, Lord, nobody's looking to me. They're here because they're looking to you. And, Lord, I just pray that you will be the chief centerpiece of this message, that you would lead and guide me this imperfect vessel and that Lord you will show me in my heart from my heart and in my heart because there can be no other place where I feel your compassion I can sense your prompting and I know that's where you live and I just ask you Lord to bless this message for your glory that people will be refreshed in you strengthened and that Lord they will receive healing perhaps even in some things that they're struggling with you are the Lord of our life and all our eyes are upon you so now I commit this word into your hands be in the midst of us in Jesus name Amen So I'm just going to begin here, and I'm going to let the waters flow. Speaking of waters, this morning, after I had prayed, I was reading my Bible, and all of a sudden, I just, I felt like an assault happened to me in my mind, where as I was reading the word, wouldn't you know, that I had a really bad memory of something that happened in my life, and I was like, oh, please, no. I know I'm forgiven for that. Like I said that out loud. As soon as I said that, I went back to reading and another one. It was like a Pez candy dispenser. It was one thing after another. And I said, that is enough. I mean, actually, after the first time, I said, Lord, this is my time to read with you. And I ask that you push the enemy out and that you give me the blessing of undisturbed, uncompromised time with you and your word I had to work through it really hard because the more I tried to read I kept having to go back and reread go back and reread go back and reread it was like there was such a con there was so much um pushback and I thought I've been here before I know what this is and yet those memories invaded my soul and it affected me And I started to feel my soul myself kind of go downward a little bit because they were really, really super painful memories. And it had nothing to do with guilt or that I don't, I'm not forgiven. It was nothing like that. It was such an assault, like to drag me down and to pull me down. And it was such the accuser, like, look at what you did that day. And look at what happened when this, and remember that. And it was fiery darts, and they were fiery and they were piercing with fire. And I couldn't take it. I got up and I said, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. I put my Bible down for a second. And as I was walking to my coffee pot, I heard these words in my heart The rivers of the Lord do not flow backwards. And I knew I heard from the Lord and I knew exactly what he meant. You know, like to you, that may not sound like anything, but I understood what he meant because see the day before I was reading in the book of Ephesians and I make all these little notes about everywhere that I see, I saw walk, walk here. Like I wrote it down that we walk according to, uh, that we don't walk according to the course of this world, but that we walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called that we henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, that we walk in love, that we walk as children of light light and see that we walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time for the days are evil. And that really spoke to me about what it really means to walk. We know that means life, how we walk. If we're walking, that means we're living it out. We're walking it out. We're, You know, I mean, if you're in the flesh, you're fleshing it out. But if we're in the spirit, we're in the spirit, walking in the spirit, right? In the spirit of the newness of life. And so that was yesterday. So I understood right away what the Holy Spirit was meaning to me. That everything God does in the world, how he's created things, is that God has a forward action. He has a forward motion there's nothing that goes back it always goes forward and i and i was as i was preparing for this message not even really knowing exactly what i was going to say as i was getting ready i heard i i had a memory in my mind and i remembered going through some really bad times in my life i mean just dreading each day i mean i was still trusting the lord and stuff but dreading to get up in the morning. And I remember some of the worst mornings I'd say to myself, I'd open my eyes and I'd say, I'm still here. And I am be. And I, I remember one day I said, Lord, I feel like I'm not even following you anymore. I feel like I can't even walk anymore. I feel like if anything, all you're doing is dragging me from one new day to another new day and to another new day. And another day comes up and I'm still alive and I'm still here. And I'd have to live through that day. And I had to walk it out. Well, those days are behind me. They're in the past. And those rivers passed through. And those rivers are out to sea. And all that's left is the memory of it. And, And I think that our memories, I think that the worst memories that we have the more they make an impact on our minds, So sometimes it's not always a spiritual attack. Sometimes just because of what, how we're created, we're going to, we have a memory and for whatever reason it comes to mind. And so when I started thinking about that, about those words that he said to me, that the rivers of the Lord do not run Upstream. And I thought, you're right, Lord. And every day is a different day. It's a new day. And then I started to think about being alive in Christ. And what it really means to be alive in him. And while I was thinking about all these things about being alive in him, there's so much, uh, what do I want to say the word? Um, It's like when Nehemiah went out to, uh, view the land at night to go and see for himself the condition that the temple was in and where the wall was. And it, he it said the whole area was littered with debris. It was so much debris. And sometimes I think in terms of that, when it comes to uh, a lot of religious debris, we we tend to pick up a lot of religious debris and we really don't realize it. And the debris takes over until, like Nehemiah said, he goes, there was so much debris, there was so much work to do. You know, I mean, just, just seeing that just really spoke to him about how badly everything was broken down. And I thought, you know, that God wants us to have a life And the lives that you and I are living, you know, we we get so caught up as Christians in the way we um, do things. And we try to live up to things. And and there's all these things that we're trying to do. Like this morning, I said to the Lord, I think it's just because I'm getting older. And I said to the Lord, I sat down, let out a big sigh. And I said, you know, Lord, I just want to be with you. I just want to sit in your presence. I said, I don't want any duty prayers. I just want to talk to you. And I want my heart to touch your heart. I want your heart to touch mine. You are the Lord. You're taking care of everything. And I remember, I mean, I just thought in that moment, that's funny how I said duty prayers. Are you doing duty prayers? because I'm gonna tell you something I don't know about you but if I'm not feeling it in my heart I'm gonna wait for the Holy Spirit to move in my heart so if I really do pray for you it's going to be because the Holy Spirit is moving in my heart to pray for you now yes I'm gonna pray for people when they ask me it's not like I have to always like okay I have to feel it right it's called raw faith I'm gonna trust that God knows what this person needs he already knows what the person needs but he likes us when we ask for them. So let me get knocked rabbit trail here. So I was thinking about how, and, and then, okay, so let me uh, sticky note that over there. So then I was thinking about something somebody recently said to me, she, a woman wrote to me and she said that she was having a conversation with somebody and she was talking about how she felt really bad about something and she repented to God for it and that the woman chastised her and said repentance is works you know and there's this whole thing about works right and i'm not here to give you a lesson on james chapter 2 you could read that you know the works and faith chapter it's a wonderful chapter but i really just kind of want to flow more freely on that um and i thought if you're not if you're walking in the lord and living in the lord If you are truly a new creation, then you're going to animate the life of the Holy Spirit of that new birth within you and your outward person and your carnal understanding can affect that because if, if you're believing, here I go, I I didn't really plan to go here, but I'm going to do this I'm kind of on that trail. But if you're thinking that repenting to the Lord is works, you're wrong. Are you sorry for your sins? Are you sorry? I know I am. I can't speak for you. I mean, if that's your belief, I don't know what to say. You know, I'm not here to judge you and pick on you, but I don't agree with you because the word doesn't teach that. And so I was thinking about the life that we live. It's like every little thing we do. it When we are in Christ and we are a new creation, then our outward man. Is really the vehicle of your soul and of the inward man and you delight to do good and everything you do is an animated expression of the life that's in you by the Lord you know I look at this word that says in Nehemiah 1112 it says of the sons of Asaph I cut this scripture in half but he was going over Like we'll start here. The overseer also of the Levites at Jerusalem was Uzi, the son of Bonnie, the son of Hashabiah, the son of Mataniah, the son of Micah. But this is the part I want you to hear of the sons of Asaph. The singers were over the business of the house of God. And, you know, sometimes I walk. No, not sometimes every day, every day, all day long. um, If I'm not, you know, busy doing something. Uh, you know, like if I have to think about something and I'm typing when I'm not, and that's not all the time I'm singing outwardly. I'm humming. I'm making melody in my heart towards the Lord because when you are of the Lord, you're of the business of the Lord, where you are in your life is the business that God has given you. You are the temple of God. You're God's husbandry, you're God's house and his spirit lives within you. And so there is this, The singers, I love it how it says the sons of Asaph, the singers were over the business of the house of God. Do you find yourself singing? Because I do, I'm doing it without even realizing it. I've got so much music inside of me and my heart just expresses itself. It's normal, it's natural. Songs come out of me. There's songs in the night. He gives me songs of deliverance when I've overcome, when I've gone through something and I've come out. And I'm singing, it is God who shall do valiantly he it is. you know, I go and I sing, you know, and I shout for victory that God is king. You know, if I'm mourning, even if I'm sad about something, then the Holy Spirit brings to my mind songs that I that, you know, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. You know, I think of scriptures, he maketh it the outgoing of the morning and the evening to rejoice his word. And the more you spend in it, the more that life is flowing through you like that river I was telling you about the river flows through you and it's supposed to flow into the lives of other people. Don't be mistaken. If you're truly born again and you truly have the life of Jesus Christ living within you, it says it is God who both worketh in you to will and to do of his good pleasure he's doing it in you he's changing you and making you like his son and everything you're doing is no longer robotic you're no automaton and you're over the business of the house of god he's given you business to do in your life i don't care if you're changing diapers you're over the business of the house of god if you're a man who's working at you know at a school and and you're a, a, a maintenance man you're over and you're humming and you're singing you're over the business of the house of god and whatever business god gives me and god gives you that's the business that we have over the house of god and i i there has been times where i've just been so down and sad that no song came out of me i didn't even have a song in the night but yet when joy came in the morning and it could have been mornings later, it was like me leaping out of the ship like Peter and swimming to Jesus that morning to have breakfast with him in his resurrected form. I think it's something in Philippians three, 13 and 14 brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Notice the action. He's doing something. There's an action. He says, one thing I always do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Notice how he's saying this one thing I do. I forget. It's like it says forgetting. That means it's not a one shot thing. God's not asking you to go, oh, Lord, help me to forget. Help me to forget. And then you go on and it's erased. God's not going to erase everything because if he erased all the bad memories, now the enemy will use it. But I'll tell you something the the blessing of a bad memory is that you're no longer there. It's only a memory and you are forgiven. And whoever, you know, the, the whole, like whatever has happened to you in your life, whatever things you did, it is only a memory. Those are waters that are passed under the bridge and they are out to sea. And they are in the deepest of the sea but he says forgetting those things that means as you're going along and those things are coming along it's no benefit to dwell on it there's there's no benefit in you hanging on bad memories you know what i one day god gave me this image in my mind i was just going around like for days weeks i don't know but i just was like plagued with bad memories and one day i was sitting in my bed and i go I had an image of a graveyard and I saw myself in this image, in this vision, in my, in my mind. And I was walking around in the dark from gravestone to gravestone. And I was just walking around and I felt the Lord saying to me, when you dwell there, you dwell in things that are dead. You're dwelling in a graveyard. You're dwelling in things that no longer exist. There's no light there. And I understood that. All these bad memories are like a graveyard. And if you're going to, if there's going to be any memory of them, then it has to have a purpose. And you have, and I thought to myself, I have to exercise myself in that Lord because I have so many bad memories, but I felt the Lord saying to me one day when I was being plagued and bombarded. And I remember I just broke down in tears after three weeks. I mean, I, I, it was, it was an onslaught. And I felt God saying to me within my heart, he said, your, your bad memories uh, are coming from the enemy because I understood it. And maybe it didn't come out exactly in those same words, but he was showing me that it was of the enemy. And I remember even before that saying, Lord, rid me of the enemy, sever the sever him from me. And no matter what, it got worse and worse and worse and then i felt him say to me stand up and i got out of my bed i was reading my bible i wasn't like lamenting it was just a time i was having prayer in the morning and he, and he said when he does that to you you tell him yes that did happen to me but praise the lord he delivered me from your awful power and 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 every and so right then i felt that that power come in and i said Yes, every time something came in, I I would just, I felt this power and I knew it rose up within me. And I said, yes, that did happen to me. But praise the Lord, he delivered me from you. Oh, yes, that did come my way. And yes, I did do those things. But praise the Lord, all manner of sin and blasphemy has been forgiven of me. And you want to know what? Within seconds, pow, it broke and the enemy left me. You see, bad memories are to keep and he uses them to keep you bound in that graveyard of darkness where every grave, every headstone. That's another thing I saw in that vision God gave me that those headstones, every one of those headstones had a mark on them of something I did that was sinful in my life. And so the Lord showed me it's dead and buried and gone. It's just a walk through the graveyard. And so when I see forgetting those things which are behind, and then he says reaching forth. So this is an ongoing thing that's happening in your life and mind. Don't let the enemy pull you back. Don't let him do that to you. You have to exercise yourself in his word. Even your own will, because a lot of times your will is weak. My will was weak. I had to understand that the enemy likes to bind our will, because if he can bind our will, then he can bind our mind and he can bind all parts of ourselves until we're like little slaves going, Lord, I just don't want to help me, Lord. You know what? I had to really get up this morning and say no more, no more. And it finally left me. But you see. Sometimes when I look back at that, I think, you know what? The Lord showed me in this word, forgetting those things which are behind. And I just said, I'm forgetting all those things because they are behind. They're not before, you know, the cross before me, the world behind me. All my sins are cast away from his face. My sins and iniquities, your sins and iniquities, Jesus remembers no more. The only one that remembers them is the one who was responsible for getting you to do it and so because he's the cursed one and going into the lake of fire he wants to make you miserable as many days as he can but forsake that because the joy of the lord is now your strength you have been delivered from his kingdom and translated into the kingdom of the dear son and i want to go forward because it says i press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling look there is such a prize there is such a high calling in your life. And don't confuse it with religious works. Don't confuse it with perfect church attendance. Don't confuse it with duty prayers and duty devotions. Don't do it. If you want to get up every morning and you want to read the Bible, which I do because I desire it in my heart. It's the bread of life. It nourishes my soul. But don't do it out of duty because it's just like, you know okay i'll put it this way when we were little my mom was a health food fanatic and one day she was like went crazy with like health food stuff and and she was like okay from now on each one of you are going to take a teaspoon of wheat germ oil <laughs> i was like we were kissed. We were like, what? And we'd line up and she'd be like, here you go. We'd be like, <laughs> we were like choking. I mean, that didn't last long at all because I think we started making a big deal about it, but it's like, look, no one was standing in line for that. Okay. But Jesus has bread that he says this world knows not of. It's the bread of life. He is the word of life. And when you read his word, like today, or yesterday, when I was reading about walking according to the, not walking according to the course of this world, but walking in love and so forth, I realized that our life is an expression of the brand new life. That's why I laugh when people go, well, that's works, that's works. And I say to myself, you're stumbling on the stumbling stone. Because if you if if everything you think is works, you have no idea that it's pure joy to live for Christ in every way. And, and listen, it says it says um, in Ephesians two eight, it says, "For by grace you are saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." So when he says not of works. That's where people grab onto that. See, it's not of works. It's not of works. It's like, in other words, nobody can be born again unless They believe on the one who died for them. Nobody, even if I said to the Lord, Lord, I choose to die with you. Well, Jesus isn't asking me to die. He already died for me. The works were finished from the foundation of the world. That's what Paul means. So if you look at that word and say, not of works as any man should boast, because during that time, and God knew that furthermore, there was going to be false religions that were going to say, you have to earn salvation. You know, there's, I'm not, I'm not going to go through all the different religions. You know what they are. They're works orient, are works based. And, but we are God's workmanship. He goes on to say, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. See the difference? So now words, a new creation, it brings about good works. And so we're, it says that we, uh, that God has ordained that we should walk in them. So there's that word walk. And, you know, I thought, and, and as I was getting ready, all this came into my mind. I thought, Lord, we animate your life on earth. We run in the path of your commands. We walk in your paths of righteousness. We walk with you, um, Uh, We, we learn of you that you are uh, meek and lowly of heart. Uh, We cry unto you. We love you. We wait for you. Um, And I ran on to say, I was actually saying for him, we sit with him in heavenly places. We drink of his living waters. We read his word. We think upon his word. We exercise ourselves unto godliness. We pray to him. We bow before him. We talk of his righteousness and greatness and goodness from day to day. We sing to him, we worship him, we obey him. We look to him, we look for him. We serve him. We taste him, touch him. We hope in him. We live and move and have our being in him. We stretch forth our hands to the poor. We labor in the Lord day and night. We stand in the gap. We stand on his side. We visit the orphan and the widow. When we have any chance, we do good when it depends on us we live in peace with all men we live in him and we die in him and i think of john and peter look at them would you call it works if they ran to the tomb to go see if it was really true What that what the women said that he's alive that he was seen mary was up before sunrise to see his tomb is that works peter swam to him is that works i hope so because those are the good works. And that was on the right side of the cross. You know, I think of Corey Ten Boom. Would you call it works that she was saving all those Jewish babies? Would you call what all the missionaries that have gone by, that have gone through the life, would you call it works for the people, for the great hymn writers, John and Charles Wesley? Would you call that works that they opened up their heart and the flow of the Holy Spirit and the beautiful anointed music came from them? Would you say that's works? Would you say that it's works when I'm visiting my mother and I'm helping her eat because she can't see her spoon? Would you call that works? Would you call it works to open the door for somebody who can't open the door for themselves? Would you call it works when you're walking by somebody who's starving and you're walking out with a a take, you know, a leftover meal and they say and you see they're hungry? Is it works to hand them food? It, it, what is it, is it works when you, when you see Jim Elliott and the three other men who died at the tip of a spear, when they went and preached the gospel, would you call that works? I mean, I can go on and on and on. Those are the good works. And you know what, when you go to heaven and you stand before the Bema seat, it says that every man shall stand in the presence of the Lord. That's chapter nine of Romans, first Corinthians nine to give an answer for those things that they did in their body, whether it be good or evil. You know, I want to read something here and it says one of the Supreme stories of the Titanic involves a heroic pastor and his passion to save lives and souls. When pastor and preacher, John Harper and his six year old daughter boarded the Titanic, it was for the privilege of preaching at one of the greatest churches in America. Moody Church in Chicago, named for its famous founder, Dwight L. Moody. The church was anxiously awaiting his arrival, not only because of the pending services, but to meet their next pastor. As Harper planned to accept their invitation, Harper was known as an engaging preacher and had pastored two churches in Glasgow and London. His preaching style was suited for an, evangel- for an evangelist, as testified by the words of another local pastor. Quote, He was a great open-air preacher and could always command large and appreciative audiences. He could deal with all kinds of interrupters, his great and intelligent grasp of the Bible truths, enabling him to successfully combat all assailants. When the Titanic hit the iceberg, Harper successfully led his daughter to a lifeboat. Being a widower, he may have been allowed to join her, but instead forsook his own rescue. Choosing to provide the masses with one more chance to know Christ, Harper ran person to person, passionately telling others about Christ. As the waters began to submerge the unsinkable ship, Harper was heard shouting, Women, children, and the unsaved into the lifeboats. Rebuffed by a certain man at the offer of salvation, Harper gave him his own life vest saying, You need this more than I do. Up until the last moment the ship on the ship, Harper pleaded with the people to give their lives to Jesus Christ. The ship disappeared beneath the deep, frigid waters, leaving hundreds of floundering in its wake with no realistic chance for rescue. Harp, Harper struggled through hypothermia to swim to as many people as he could, still sharing the gospel. Harper eventually, eventually would lose his battle with hypothermia but not before giving many people one last glorious gospel witness. Four years after the tragedy at Titanic survivors meeting in Ontario, Canada, one survivor recounted his interaction with Harper in the middle of the icy waters of the Atlantic. He testified he was clinging to ship debris when Harper swam up to him twice challenging him with a biblical invitation to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He rejected the offer once, yet given the second chance and with miles of water beneath his feet, the man gave his life to Christ. Then as Harper succumbed to his watery grave, this new believer was rescued by a returning lifeboat. As he concluded his remarks at the Ontario meeting of survivors, he simply stated, I am the last convert of John Harper. When the Titanic set sail, There were delineations of three classes of passengers. Yet immediately after the tragedy, the White Star Line in Liverpool, England, placed a board outside its office and only two classes of passengers reading, known to be saved, known to be lost. The owners of the Titanic had simply reaffirmed what John Harper already knew. There are people who know Christ and will spend eternity with God in heaven. And many others who will not. And would you say that John Harper, what he did, would you call that works? Would you say, well, I thought you said it's by grace. There's no argument here. You see, John Harper already saw himself in heaven. And he used his life. He succumbed to the fact, okay, this is it. I'm going to die and he had strength to go even in those icy waters to reach one more person and now back to bad memories see bad memories keep us fixed on ourselves but god wants us to fix our eyes and our hearts on him he wants us to be forgetting continually what is behind no more no more trips through your personal interior graveyard It's time to leave the graveyard and stop looking at all the headstones of the time you did this and the time you did that. And when this was done to you and when that was done to you, you see John Harper, because of him, many people were saved because you know why? Because he was a man that lived in the spirit and he was alive and he was ready for action because when you're alive in the spirit, you're going to walk in the spirit, you're going to stand in the spirit, you're going to sing in the spirit, you're going to believe in the spirit, you have confidence in the spirit, you have faith in the spirit. Faith without works is dead. It's the same without the body, the soul. If it's not in the body, the body is dead. Don't listen to any of those teachings where that's works, that's works, that's a lie. That is a heresy. Because we're created unto good works unto Christ. We're created in Christ. We are his hands and his feet. And there are many people, it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. And it is the father that worketh in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. You know, you are God's workmanship. You know, I'll tell you something. Jesus got out and he went out around and he went from village to village. He went from town to town. When you read in the book of Acts, their strength, it says in, in Isaiah, it was talking about the, you know, the religious rulers of that time. It says their strength was to sit still. I don't think it was about the religious, religious rulers. It became what the people became. That they just left off believing God and and their strength was to sit still. What is your strength today? Is your strength to sit still? Because it's works, man, God forbid that's not the path you're taking. you don't want to be on that path. you want to be on the path where you are running like David said, I run in the path of his commandments. was it works when Philip joined himself to the eunuch's chariot? No, it wasn't. was it is it any is is anything works outside of the Bible in modern day? look, Whatsoever things you do, do it as unto the Lord, not with eye service, not as men pleasers, but with a heart to him. And if you're truly born again, it's as easy as breathing air. You don't have to plan it. You have to be ready. Let me tell you something. I was visiting my mom the other day and my mom was telling me that she was uh, feeling, um, and she has dementia, so she doesn't, you know, she kind of gets lost, but there's parts of her that's still at the surface. And she said, you know, Joni, She said, um, you know, I do ask God, but I've been mad at God lately. I'm like, why have you been mad at God lately, mom? And she goes, because I see all these terrible things all around me. And where is he? Where is he? And I said, mom, Jesus is right here with us. God is with us. God is not just in one location and then another. And God's love is real. And he has all the answers. We don't have all the answers. We don't know why everything is the way it is. trust in god and i began to explain to her about the love of god and i went deeper and deeper and and i was talking to her about his friendship with us and that he's a faithful friend in time of trouble a faithful brother and faithful god jesus christ and i was talking to her about all these things and she started to feel better and better and all of a sudden i hear behind me this man go i am so glad to hear this right now and i looked and there's this old gentleman i've seen him before he was in his wheelchair And, and so I said, mom, can I, can we pray for you? And so John and I, we prayed for my mom and she was so happy. She said, thank you so much. I really needed that. And I looked at the man and he was just like looking at us like this. And so I walked, I said, mom, excuse me. And we went over to that man. And I said, uh, what is your name? He told me his name. And I said, would you like us to pray for you? And he goes, yes, and he said, I'd like that. He goes, ever since I've been here, he goes, this is the first time I heard anything like this. And so we prayed for him and there was, we could feel the presence of peace, the presence of the Lord. You could feel his presence. He's quiet in his presence. He's peaceful in his presence. And it's a kind of peace That is it of his presence. And there was that silent, quiet power of the Holy Spirit. And it was right in that area where we were. And we left. See, that's, was that works? No. We're vessels. We're vessels pouring out his life. And we are offering Cups of ice-cold water to thirsty souls like good news from a far country. So is good news from a far country. Are you bringing good news from afar, the far country of heaven? Are you? Because you see, Satan wants us to dwell in the graveyard. You know, one last thing. I remember Amy Semple McPherson. Remember her? She started the Foursquare. And I read her book and this one part, it was, you know, it was her biography. And there's this one part that as a young bride, her and her husband felt they were led to go to China and they went to China. She said, we stayed in such this awful place. Well, the the, the the biographer wrote that. Um, So there's, you know, he's writing about what she had said and he's writing it down. The book is called sister Amy. And uh, it was like, such a dangerous place and there was crime and even murdering and all that long, she'd hear horrible screams and everything. And, and she said at first when they got there, her husband, he would go out every single day and he would try to evangelize. And then he'd come back and then time started to go on. And at this point, you know, she had gotten pregnant. She had had a baby. um, So they were there for quite a while. And she said, it was said of her and her husband that said of her husband that he started um coming home very late and down just down you know and she said to him where have you been you come home late every night what's wrong and he said she goes you leave in the morning and you come back late at night what are you doing and he was so despondent and full of despair and he said you know ever since we came here I've gone out trying to lead people to the Lord but no one's interested And one day I was walking and I walked by a graveyard and I saw that it was a graveyard for the missionaries that were here before us. And so it was a missionary's graveyard. And so I went into that graveyard and I spent time there. And so every day when I leave this house, I spend all my time at that graveyard until he became so full of despair, so despondent that he had no spark of life inside of him by the Holy Spirit. That's that light went out. And she said that he came down with malaria and a week later he had died. And then her life went on. Don't dwell in those graveyards. There's nothing there for you. There's nothing there for me. And let's be like that man, John Harper. Let's use our life for God's great glory because by faith we love God and we walk in him, we move in him, we breathe in him, we touch him, we taste him, we reach out to him, we bow before him, we sing before him, we move and live and have our being in him. Our whole life is an animation of the new life of Christ. And I'm not talking about perfection and doing everything like an automaton that doesn't make you real. What makes you real is when you, trip and fall and rise up again seven times and you people are aware that there is a God when they see your life thrive and grow and bear fruit in old age like the cedars of Lebanon amen like the cedars of Lebanon which God hath planted